0: Today's podcast is also brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. What are you listening to after today's episode? How about a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up? Log on to www.audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast today for details.
1: Listen up, MuggleCast listeners. Summer is here, and what better time than now to say big at godaddy.com. Get your own shared hosting account with 150 gigs of storage, 1,500 gigs of bandwidth, and 500 email accounts for $664 per month when you sign up for one year. Plus, by entering code POTTER, that's P-O-T-T-E-R, you will receive an additional 20% off of any one, two, or three year shared hosting plan. Some restrictions apply. Check out the site for details. Get your piece of the internet at
2: Godaddy.com
1: this is Professor McGonagall, welcoming you all to Mugglecast, hoping you enjoyed. Bobby, be, they'll be coming. Yeah, Bobby. Yes Well, I just like to say how very pleased I am to introduce Mugglecast
2: to all of you. Thank you, thank you.
3: Because, by the way, we're just days away from Portis in Dallas, Texas. This is MuggleCast, episode 152, for July 8th, 2008.
0: Well, Micah, after you know waiting so long, we finally got a, a nice, awesome batch of Half Blood Prince pictures. Isn't that awesome? Did you check
3: these out? I, I actually did. I did check them out. Yeah? you would be impressed because normally I just complain about these photos and say, yeah. "Hey, you know, let's just uh, let's get with the teaser trailer already." And you know what was surprising <laughs> was I was walking out of work. I think it was. When was this article released? Was it on? Thursday. Well,
0: the pictures came out. Um, yeah, July second. So uh, we'll call that a uh,
3: thir- uh, no Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. So I was walking out of uh, work, and one of the guys that I used to work for uh, turns to me and says, "Hey, did you see the uh, article on the new movie in Half Blood Prince?" Whoa! And I and I said, "No," or in USA Today rather. And I said, "No, I have no idea what you're talking about." And he's like, yeah. "Oh, well, you're some fan." Oh! um,
0: You should have been like, "Well, I happen to be the news anchor uh, on the most popular Harry
3: Potter uh, podcast online." But no, he knows this, and you know he's Uh, one of the people that likes to give me a hard time about it. But apparently, he's he's an even bigger diehard fan than I am, um, having uh, (laughs) having seen USA Today. But uh, a lot of cool pictures, I actually will say, not not just a bunch of you know. Ones that we've been getting before that you can just toss in the trash. uh, These are actually pretty good ones. Right?
0: Yeah, they're good. They're not. They're not like cut in half or just black and white or you know just mysteriously come out of nowhere. They they exist. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be talking about those today, and you know we'll 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 wonder now where this is leave us in terms of the teaser trailer. We got some uh, hot tips on that this week, and we'll discuss that. They're all false. And uh, they're all false. Oh, okay. I disagree with that. So that'll be a lively debate. And uh, we got chapter by chapter our final chapter discussion this week um, for Deathly Hallows. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. I'm Andrew Sims.
1: I'm Laura Thompson.
0: I'm Mike Tannenbaum. And I'm Matt Britton. Micah Tannenbaum, what's in the news this week?
3: Well, you uh, talked about it a little bit before, the uh, new Half-Blood Prince photos. And uh, finally we get, in my opinion, a really good glimpse into uh, what's been going on as opposed to these, you know, kind of half ass photos that have been coming out the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. Um, it's about time. These are cool pictures. What, what was your favorite one? You said you were pretty happy with them.
3: I was. I was pretty happy with them. Uh To me, actually, the one of Luna looked a little bit fake. It looked like it was photoshopped with those glasses that she has on Yeah,
1: it did. (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) They were awesome, though. I
0: love the picture. It's just like, it's pretty cool. What else? Um,
3: I like the one of uh, Professor Slughorn, um, where they're all in the potions classroom. Um, Hermione seems to be giving him a little bit of a uh, dirty look there, to be honest with you.
0: No surprise, though. I mean, you know, Hermione's outsmarting Slughorn
3: once again. Yeah. Um, but there really wasn't – I don't really think there was a bad one in the bunch.
0: No. What do you think of uh, Lavender Brown? She was in that picture with Slughorn. I remember you said she was hoping she was pretty cute. Are you happy with the um, outcome?
3: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Now, is she the one standing next to Neville or is she the one behind Hermione? Yeah, she's, yeah, she's got the Neville. headband kind yeah. of thing going. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I think she looks really good.
0: Yeah, she's she's cute. Mm-hmm. She's cute. Um. So yeah, there's those pictures, uh, Lauren, Matt. Any pictures stand out to you guys?
1: Mm. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just. I, I'm kind of with Micah here. I'm glad to see that they've actually been filming a movie because yeah. for the past couple <laughs> okay. of weeks we, I've been down. We have
2: evidence of a film being made.
1: <laughs> so yeah. I'm just relieved, frankly.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Special effects with the goggles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the picture of Dumbledore. I think that's a really nice photo. Yeah, you, yeah, you said that to me about, yeah. about Dumbledore. His beard alive.
1: looks it, it, straighter it, or more straight. It rather. looks longer. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a longer. Well,
3: compensates for the rest of him, Laura. Hey,
1: oh, oh.
2: oh. <laughs> you know what's interesting? You can't see, see his black hand. I was just about to say that.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like cool.
3: it's not in the photo. Fo- it's no. like yep.
1: they didn't want to pay for the CGI. <laughs> now what's with the, the
3: uh what's with the shot of Harry and Hermione if if it wasn't uh snowing out which is what it looks like's going on I would say that it was probably after uh Dumbledore had died but
2: oh, uh... Well see this is my favorite photo actually cuz I have this on my desktop I just I don't really know what scene it depicts and I don't even know if it's even going to be a shot in the film it may be even cut but I just I just I, I always like the Harry-Hermione shots when it's just the two of them. And this photo is so high res. I mean, yeah, I could almost huge. look in the reflections well, of their yeah, eyes and see what I, they're looking I at. I could see the stubble from from Dan Radcliffe, and I could see all the freckles on Hermione's face yeah. on Emma Watson. Yeah, really nice. Very nice picture.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, I guess
0: what else could they be looking at besides Dumbledore's grave? But, I mean, doesn't school end in the summer
1: months? Yeah. Well, you know
2: what? M- maybe they're just standing by Dumbledore's grave after the funeral but, or something. But no, it's, but we're it's saying-
1: winter in this picture. It's oh, snowing. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, huh. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Is it, it's Harry and Hermione, so you may have... I don't know. Harry and I, Hermione kind of have just a little bit of a feud from the potions class, so maybe they're, like, talking about it or something.
1: Well, and I mean, I find that oftentimes what they tend to do in these movies is... um have the more intense conversations happen between Harry and Hermione while Ron is off doing something else Um, particularly since Ron is going to be so occupied with Lavender in this film and Quidditch yeah exactly so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to foster some of the more serious plot Mm -hmm. points um, to be brought to the screen through conversations between Harry and Hermione and it just so happens they always both look very concerned when they're talking to each other
2: See, this kind of reminds me of um, the Harry and Hermione dialogue in Goblet of Fire, when right. she, when they talk about the egg. Mm-hmm. D- it's it just, you know, it's, it's a really close-up shot. Yeah. And you can almost just sense that Her- Hermione's going to say, I'm scared for you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but do- doesn't Ron get hurt at one point during this film? Or is that, I don't remember when exactly. Well, he gets and he,
2: he, he takes that love potion, that love spell. Yeah, which is that picture of him, like,
0: with the hey, heart. I got this heart in my hand.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he does look pretty good, though. I do
0: like the reaction yeah. face he's got yeah. on.
2: It's, it's definitely not a face we've seen from him, so it, yeah. it definitely looks n- not Ron ish, if that makes any sense.
0: And Tom Felton, uh, looking pretty nice there. The boyish, uh, uh, Haircut, with putting all his hair off to the side there. That, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Then there's this behind-the-scenes picture of uh, David Yates, Dan Radcliffe, and Bonnie Wright. And uh, David Yates is educating the actors of how to you know, do a scene there. You can see Hedwig in the background, which is pretty cool. There's also that, uh, if you look back behind David Yates, there's uh, the picture of the burrow. A little like, sketch of it. Oh, bit. yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, so. I kind
2: of want to go back to the, the Draco shot. Where do you think Draco what? is? Hmm... I mean, I, I at first I thought it was Dumbledore's office in the in the climactic scene, but this yeah. is during the day, and that that climactic scene happened at night, didn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, it looks maybe like in, if you look looks, at the uh, the lower left hand corner, it looks like there's bottles, so it yeah. could be in Snape's office or even in the potions classroom,
2: or yeah. even in the um in the in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because of all the all the knickknacks and things in the back, yeah, possibly. Yeah, you never know. You don't so, see much of Draco. That's why. I mean, there's only so many scenes he, he this this can be in because you don't see much of Draco. He's just elusive. Yeah.
0: There were some other pictures also um, that we didn't get in high res, but they did show up online. Uh, there was one. There was a nice one of McGonagall approaching uh, Harry. In Dumbledore's office,
2: it looks like. Yeah, I really like that that one too. It just wasn't a high res pic that we were talking about.
0: Oh, apparently I screwed up the news post on MuggleNet. That that link doesn't work. It doesn't. Oh work yeah, on a picture of Luna. I meant to tell you that. I have links backwards. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. So do you think that's after Dumbledore already died? I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean,
2: it, pro- it makes sense, but um, because I mean, if you look at it, I mean, Harry's holding Dumbledore's wand. And mm. and Professor McGonagall is in the head of house. I mean, the head of Hogwarts. It's it, it's her office now. Yeah, but and, she could still be in. But there, but yeah. she's wearing all black. I mean, it's it, it has to be after this. Yeah,
1: event. it has to be. I mean, just you look at the look on Harry's face and the fact that he's holding Dumbledore's wand. I mean, why would they both be in Dumbledore's office without Dumbledore? Right, yeah.
2: right. Well, look at McGonagall now. I mean, Maggie Smith. She, she she's looking different. She's looking a lot more careworn in this. Well, I think she's supposed to be looking sad in the scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, or probably stressed. Yeah, and everything. I mean, she just came back from battle. Too. Yeah, I can't wait to see the picture of Dumbledore's uh, coffin. No, no, sorry,
0: Dumbledore's portrait in his office. I can't wait to see. Yeah, him. that'll be. I cool. want to see. I want to see. I want to see. It should be coffin. Richard. It should be Richard Harris. Picture of Richard Harris. Not.
3: Wouldn't
0: that be awesome if they did Richard Harris? It'd be kind of confusing, yeah, confusing. Yeah, it <laughs> would be kind of confusing. Yeah, it would. be. Well, maybe maybe when they start their term at Hogwarts they take the picture then. No, no, they
1: don't
0: <laughs> no. It yeah. still wouldn't make sense. <laughs> uh yeah, okay, well, um in other news, anything else to be said about the
2: pictures guys? Or is that it? No, I think I mean this is very very new
0: pictures yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Just
1: thank you, Warner Brothers, for showing us that we are getting a movie. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. Thank well, you. like there was this big surge, and you know, I was hoping one of the articles that came out made like announce when the teaser trailer is coming, but none did. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over thirty-five thousand titles to choose from to be downloaded and play back anywhere, just like MuggleCast. On the summer Road Tour, the co-host and I listened to a few audiobooks from Audible to pass the time. It is a fantastic listening experience and is a great way to do some reading. Log on to www.audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, go to www.audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast for your free audiobook. In other news, we've heard that Half-Blood Prince is going to be opening with a big attack. And... uh David Yates says this in an interview with Empire Magazine, I believe it is. Now everyone may remember that back uh, a few months ago, we reported that um they were filming uh at Millennium Bridge and and David Yates said we'll bring a major major London landmark crashing down. Well, back in March, uh they were filming a bridge collapsing scene uh at Millennium Bridge in London. So um that's probably what they were doing. I mean, this this we got a lot of information about this scene. There were 60 crew members there, 120 extras, you know, they were walking on the bridge when it collapsed and all that. So I guess that'll be a cool way to open the movie, yeah. even though it doesn't go with the book.
1: Well, it kind of does. I mean, doesn't it sort of go along it's, with everything that was going on um, prior to the beginning of the book, like with the whole other mm-hmm. minister thing?
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can I can see like it, it opens with um these uh, this unknown Couple in their car, or something, and they're just talking, and they're just driving through this um this traffic-filled bridge, and then all of a sudden the bridge collapses and stuff.
0: Okay, well, um, and then in other yeah. news, there were some trailer rumors this week. Some more trailer rumors. Um, earlier in the week, I had gotten a couple of emails from people saying, "Oh, yeah, it's going to be with the Dark Knight." Um, someone who works at an IMAX theater heard that they are going to be receiving their print delivery. For Dark Knight, and then she said in the email giving us the date of arrival, they added that we could expect our Half-Blood Prince trailer for that print to arrive two days after. So, I mean, it's believable. And then a couple days later, we start getting these emails from two other people saying it's going to be with the mummy. And um, apparently, one of the girls talked to a marketing representative at warner brothers and they said it's coming with the mummy apparently universal knows that the mummy's gonna suck so they want to they were pushing for warner brothers to give them the half but prince trailer so that um you know they could get more ticket sales i hope not
1: i don't right. know the. Mummy, we have to wait for august yeah.
0: now yeah what are we gonna say laura uh,
1: i was gonna say the mummy does look like it's gonna suck so uh I certainly yeah. don't blame them for wanting that, but...
2: Plus, waiting too till- long.
0: At the same time,
1: yeah. I agree with Matt. It's like, how long can they expect us to wait?
2: Well, it's <laughs> it's also, you get the teaser trailer, then you wait a month and get the theatrical trailer, and then a month afterward, you pretty much have the movie. Yeah. Because right? yeah. that's a lot of promos. I mean, they don't really shoot their promos and TV spots until after the trailer. So, I mean, are they going to have, like... All this promos and TV spots and mini trailers and all this extra stuff in in like a two to three months time. Maybe they're doing a new experiment. See how uh, marketing goes differently. If it
0: affects ticket sales or something, I don't know.
2: Yeah, but it's got to have a nice fl- you know fluidness mm-hmm. with the advertising too. I uh, yeah. I really hope it's not the mummy. Yeah,
3: I'm just uh, I'm just getting sick and tired of all this stuff. To be honest with you, I mean, how many weeks now have we? I thought you were just excited about the pictures. What happened? <laughs> well, I mean, the pictures are all great. You're a flip-flopper. No, uh, th- you can like the pictures, but you still want the damn teaser trailer. I mean, how many times are we going to play this game here? Oh, it's coming out with Kung Fu Panda. Then it's coming I out know, with, I, know. I don't know, Happy Feet. Then that's came out a year ago. Happy
0: Feet? <laughs> Happy yeah. Feet. A year ago?
3: Yeah. <laughs> now it's no, Dark Knight. Thought- no, I how see your point.
1: Movies? Have we thought it was first Speed Racer... Kung Fu Panda,
0: Prince Caspian,
1: Get Smart. Like, seriously, yeah, I mean, come on. Andrew.
2: How many movies
0: have guys, you deleted guys, from marks,
1: on the page? This
2: marks the two month anniversary of us waiting for the trailer. Because this was the f- this was the week of right. May first, yeah. or the, the first week of May. That's when we Prince thought it was Caspian Speed Racer.
0: Can. Oh, Speed Racer. Okay, maybe we should just stop posting. I mean, someone emailed me that they're like. You know what? It's not Warner Brothers' fault. It's your fault. You guys are the ones posting these rumors that aren't even true. Like, Good point, sir. But I like causing <laughs> well, the don't hype.
3: don't we do that in general? Am I to blame? I mean, we do post huh? rumors, don't we?
0: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're kind of well, in that anyway. business. Yeah, yes we are. <laughs> Fans it's, like it's, to hear it, too. I like to report it. I think it's fun. I think it's fun to mess with people, give them lies,
1: <laughs> give them hope,
0: give them hope. Okay. Well, I always like posting them in hopes that actually does come true because then it's like, yeah, we told
2: you, so eventually we'll get it right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> if, if if we announce it that it's gonna be in front of every single movie, we are try to get it right.
0: Portis is next week. Ooh, I'm so excited who's excited? I'm excited I am so excited. Raise your hand if you're excited. I'm raising my hand I'm excited. <laughs> Um we will be in Dallas from uh, Wednesday the 9th to Sunday the 13th and uh, Portis is from uh, July 10th to the 13th mm-hmm it's gonna be an awesome time uh, we'll you can still 10. register it you will Michael will be there on the 10th uh, Portis 2008 uh, 2008.org if you want to register also we're gonna have a little MuggleCast meetup on Saturday mm-hmm all attendees, please keep keep this in mind. MuggleCast meetup, Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. in the common room. If you forget, I'm sure you'll see one of us walking around. Just be like, hey, what time's the cast meetup? And we'll be like, 3 to 5 p.m. on Saturday. will just run in the mm-hmm. other direction. I'll run in the other direction. I'll be like, no pictures, I haven't done my makeup. Um... <laughs> so, the Mugglecast meetup will be 3 to 5 p.m. on Saturday. The podcast will be at midnight on Friday. So, technically, Saturday morning, but it's Friday night. And then at the very beginning of the Podcast Palooza, there is going to be a podcasting panel. One podcaster from each of the podcasts is going to be on this panel talking about podcasts. During the whole Podcast Palooza, we will be selling Mugglecast t shirts, they're being printed as we speak. And um should be getting them Tuesday. They're really cool. Dude, have you yeah.
2: ever, ever talked about what they look like?
0: No, because we just got the design a couple days ago. Oh, will sh- sh- send it should you Should it be now. a surprise, or should we just Yeah, It'll be a about. surprise. No, we can't. Okay. We can't. We can't.
2: Can we just say the color?
0: You can look up. that's a variety of colors. It's going to be printed on a maroon t-shirt to mi- mi- uh, uh, match uh, match the, <laughs> the Portis colors. <laughs> um, it's going to be cool. I'm excited. Um, so the shirts will be on sale at the podcast palooza and we'll give a couple away at the meetup and we'll also have uh muggle net stickers at the meetup so fun time yeah if you would like a day pass if you just want to come friday or saturday if you're in the dallas area and just want to come to say the MuggleCast meetup you can buy a day pass for friday or saturday mm-hmm. if you buy a day pass for saturday you can also go to the ball and then all the jim dale stuff that they have to offer yeah.
2: and it's not too late if you really want to come to portis you still have time portus2008.org for all of the details. Mhm. They've updated their forums, too to um to answer a lot of your questions if you have any, you know, problems getting a room or, you know, just rooming with somebody.
0: Yeah, if you have a question, go to portus2008.org. You can go to the message boards like Matt said and they um they will get back to you really quick
2: on there. Mhm. They're a really great group. I mean, yeah. they're really on top of it. Right yeah, now. they
0: are, definitely. All right, well, that's that. And uh, final announcement for today, Podcast Alley, don't forget to vote for us because it is a new month. Happy 4th of July, everyone, by the way. Michael, what did you do for 4th of, of July? Did you see the
3: fireworks? Did I see what the did fireworks? No, I uh, I actually, I just I hung out. I watched a little bit of uh, baseball, took the day off, no work. It was great not having to go cool. to work, cool. and just chilling out. Not very is exciting, I know, outside? but was it busy no, outside no, no. Well, you know I live three blocks from the beach so there's a lot of people that uh, that set off fireworks think you know that they're uh, experts and but they really uh, they aren't but uh, you know you can see a couple here and there and then I uh, watched uh, the Macy's and the and the Boston Pops on TV so
0: there you go sounds like a good time. But anyway, we are number 5 on Podcast Alley right now, so just feel number free 5, to, just number 5. So, uh, feel free to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Mm-hmm. Just one vote a month keeps us on the top 10
2: list. Let's move on to Muggle mail this week. Our first Muggle mail comes from Chris, 22 of Westchester, New York. Chris writes, hey guys, I've been listening to MuggleCast since it first debuted, and I love you guys. I just wanted to point out a connection you may have missed from episode 151. In Prisoner of Azkaban, on page 427, after Harry thinks he sees his father, conjure Patronus, when it really, it was his future self, Dumbledore tells Harry, you think that we don't recall them more clearly than ever in times of great trouble? It seems Joe is trying to tell us that people who've died live on within us, and they speak to us in different times. This connects perfectly with the is this happening in my head quote looking at both these quotes i think joe is trying to tell us the dumbledore at king's cross is a manifestation of the real dumbledore living within harry so it ha- so it's happening within harry's head but it's still real because dumbledore lives on in harry this is actually quite brilliant from an author's perspective too this means that joe's readers don't necessarily have to believe in an afterlife to realize that dumbledore truly was with harry at that moment a nice thought no i just thought you guys might appreciate this sincerely chris
1: that's perfect i actually yeah, really like exactly. that that's great
2: yep yeah we um
0: actually got a few emails like that people pointed that out which was really cool that people can actually remember
2: that and it, it, it works perfectly so mm-hmm. makes perfect sense Af- t- talking about an afterlife in the harry potter series is always a great um subject to discuss too yeah,
1: yeah definitely
2: like with the veil and with um you know, just just basically an afterlife in the wizarding world if there is one. Right. Uh how about the next email?
0: Uh, yeah, America? I'll do
1: it. All right, the next one comes from Allison, age 18, of Chicago, Illinois. Firstly, I would like to say that I adore the show and that thanks to you guys, it is total omg that you started a podcast for Twilight. Anyway, after listening to episode number 151, I thought that Godric's Hollow would have been another good setting for chapter 34 because it is where Harry was born and the place that began his destiny as Harry Potter. Just like you all mentioned that Harry was given a choice, Harry would have either been choosing to die at the place where his parents, who had died to... Or live and accept all the things that had happened to him and the person that he has become from the night that Voldemort gave Harry the scar. Yeah, Isn't that well, cool? Yeah. It's pretty cool,
2: actually.
0: Yeah.
3: Yep. And I, I like think that. maybe yeah. we should
1: clarify when she's talking about that, she's discussing like other places in the wizarding world that would serve as a good location for um, exemplifying being able to move on with death or right. choosing to live. Okay.
3: I think that's right, cool. Yeah. I, I still like Matt's uh, choice from last week being the veil
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah i do too especially since we never learned anything about it that's yeah that's Anyway,
2: we bring that up and like it every show me off a little
1: bit well okay let me just let me just vent here for like two seconds didn't uh-uh. i devote like three episodes worth of discussion you to did. the department of mysteries because i was convinced and then we didn't learn anything
0: that was an awesome three-part series though that was yeah. awesome Um, And the final email, Micah.
3: Final email comes from Rose20 of Philadelphia, talking about the wizard drinking age. She says, I don't think there's a specific age where they're allowed to drink alcohol, but I think it's understood that some things are appropriate later in life. In Order of the Phoenix, when the trio goes to the Hogshead for the first DA meeting, Ron comments that he thinks the barman, Aberforth, would serve them anything, and that he wants to try fire whiskey. And Hermione goes, you are a prefect, to dissuade him. Butterbeer is probably okay because it's so mild, but drinking something more hardcore would be unbecoming of a prefect, but not illegal. Love the show.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. he says he, he bets that he will allow him to get that. That means that he's not really allowed to, by
3: wizarding law, to sell fire whiskey to a prefect. Yeah.
0: Well, it's just a little clarification. No,
3: I, I, I kind of agree with Matt. I think Ron bets that he'll get any sort of alcohol from Aberforth probably just because he's a really shady character. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a really shady place. And he can probably swing some, you know, hardcore alcohol if he wanted to.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what a bunch of teens. I mean, I don't know about girls, but a lot of teen boys like to do, you know, it's like, I wonder, you know, if if this guy's really cool and he'll allow me to get a beer or yeah. something. Yeah, is, it's, yeah, I I I, th- I think I agree with you, Micah.
3: I think there's, but I agree with what with what they're saying though too, in that there's probably not a specific age. I don't.
2: No, there probably isn't. I do you think it might just be you know just by the um the owner of the bar and how they you know want to sell it to. Could be. Because because like um in um in P- the P- Prisoner of Azkaban, I know in the film they have it. I don't know about the book. Well, it's probably because you know the Talking Heads weren't in in the book, but when um, the Talking Heads said no underage wizards allowed today, so do do you think like certain days underage wizards are allowed to be in, and others they're not because they sell certain kinds of yeah
1: that could
3: be possible butter
1: yeah, or something. Makes some sense.
2: All right, it's time now for chapter by
0: chapter. This week we are discussing the final chapter the in f- Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. You know. I kind of hate saying... Do you guys count the epilogue oh, as a it was, chapter? Sorry. Or?
2: C- can I clarify? It's Hallows, not Hollows. Hallows.
0: Deathly Hallows. Um, finally, after like 36 <laughs> chapter by chapters, <laughs> we, I say it right. You should get it Hallows. right. Hallows. Hallows. Well, I always was going to like put a little post-it note on my screen, but like I used to say Hallows all the time. Yeah, I remember
1: like that. that. We corrected yeah. you like five times. No, I mean,
0: time. I had to use the word Hallows. Anyway, Whatever. I'm screwed up again now. But anyway, do you guys count the, cha- the epilogue as a chapter or is it just like there? You know what I mean?
1: Well, it's not really a chapter because it's an epilogue. I mean, it's not even labeled as a chapter in the book.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just, Should we do epilogue by epilogue in uh, next week? Yeah, that'll be like a, a
1: one s- episode series, but sure. Exactly.
0: And if you love it or you hate it, it doesn't matter because it's only one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it would be nice if we discussed uh, the epilogue a little bit next week at, at Portis. Portis. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know how long of a discussion we'd need to go over the epilogue, but
2: well, this chapter starts off with Harry awakening at the scene where he expected to be killed by Voldemort, though he does not show that he's alive. So he listens and watches and gathers that Voldemort also collapsed and is and was unconscious, just like Harry. So, um, moving off of this. Um, Why didn't we, why hasn't anyone ever really talked about after Harry got, you know, quote unquote killed, Voldemort actually got unconscious and knocked back too.
0: Yeah. Well, like, and it's described, someone even emailed this into us too when we were talking. So I was like, oh, cool. It wasn't just me who thought this. Voldemort also like seems to wake up from something. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, Um, weren't they both at King's Cross?
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Was that actually Voldemort?
2: I don't, I don't like, think so. If it, when he woke up, was he like, whoa, I was just a little well, baby. He probably got knocked back and knocked unconscious because, you know, he, Voldemort destroyed his own horcrux.
1: And also you have to and remember it was a living person. the discussion that we had last week about um, the the area they were in as being in the eye of the beholder. So what Voldemort may have saw could have been completely different from what Harry saw.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, he he obviously had no recollection of what, what Harry saw in Dumbledore. No, I don't think he did, but I just wonder if that was actually Voldemort right there. Mm-hmm. Well, a part of him died, pretty much. We don't know what part of Voldemort's soul was was in Harry, too. It may have been um, a part of a horcrux that um, affected him directly, Voldemort. That's probably why he, he probably passed out or something. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, well it says here in the book the Death Eaters had been huddled around Voldemort, who seemed to have fallen to the ground. Something had happened when he had hit Harry with the killing curse. Had Voldemort too collapsed? It seemed like it. And both and both of them had fallen briefly unconscious and both of them had now returned. So
2: is Joe saying that yeah, that was Voldemort right there? <laughs> I think so. Well, see, yeah. I have a question about the whole um after Harry, you know, died and came back, did um do you think this all happened? um after a certain length of time like did like when harry come back did like a second pass or did it take like five or ten minutes of harry discussing with volt with dumbledore do you know what i'm saying honestly yeah.
1: the impression that i got was um the amount of like time Netflix. it was a different time span it, it's comparable to narnia you know where they go yeah that's, what
2: I, that's exactly what i was right thinking. yeah Oh. So, so do you think like when Harry woke or when Harry was, un- was conscious again, n- like a second has passed? Yeah, because cause I think because Bellatrix says to Voldemort right there, my lord, like my
0: what lord. happened? So it seems like, you know, he hit Harry. It fired back. Mm-hmm. And then Bellatrix would just crouch down and say, "My lord," yeah. even though it did say that there was a crowd of Death Eaters all around him. Yeah. But
2: well, it seems like it's a re- um, a reaction when Narciss- or when Bellatrix was saying, "My lord, my lord," it seems like like that just happened, and she's making a reaction to him fainting.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, when the- when they're actually dueling a little bit later on, when Harry tells him, "Like I've seen what you'll be," otherwise, I've always thought that you know that implied to me that they were both out for the same period of time and so that was in fact Voldemort that he sees in King's Cross you know he's he's trying to get him to be remorseful and you know I just thought that he was uh he was probably down for the same period of time that Harry was otherwise they probably would have inspected him a lot earlier too Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: I agree because it even mentions um, a couple of pages later when Voldemort sends Narcissa to check and see if Harry's alive. Um, Harry gets the distinct impression that something has happened to make Voldemort afraid of approaching him. So clearly they were both out for the same amount of time. And while Harry was having his discussion with um, Dumbledore, Voldemort must have seen something that scared the living crap out of him.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So next what happens is Voldemort... Uh, says, okay, somebody check to see if he's alive. Narcissa, Narcissa goes down and
2: asks Harry if Draco is still alive. Mm-hmm. Well, you we know, right before she asks him that, Harry knows, uh, H- Harry feels Narcissa holding his heart. Yeah. And so he knows right off the bat that she knows he's alive. So, yeah, so Narcissa could have easily said to him, said to Voldemort,
0: oh my God, he's alive, he's still alive. Voldemort well, sucks. Mm-hmm. So, but and then Harry says that yeah, Draco is alive. And then Narcissa tells Voldemort that Harry is dead. Now, I realize Harry is in quite a crappy situation here. I mean, he has to talk, or otherwise Narcissa is going to be like, "Nope, he's alive." So, if if you think um, Narcissa said that, if she did say you were alive, do you think Voldemort would just shot the curse again?
2: And then, what if Harry had actually died? No, because Harry. Can, remember, well, as we go on in the chapter, when when Narcissa says he's dead, he uses a Cruciatus curse on Harry, and Harry can't feel a thing.
1: Yeah, because he's he's protected by the, the Elder charm. Wand also,
2: right. So basically, he's impermeable to Voldemort. Is what I what I gathered. Hmm. Hmm.
0: It's just amazing how obsessed Narcissa is about making sure Draco's okay. Like I understand the whole son thing, but like she just seems crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it is her child.
2: Yeah, I know, but it's still. a typical Malfoy get... thing though, in it for yourself. Yeah. Malfoy Slytherin trait. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really risky of Harry, even
0: though he had no choice. Did anyone else think this or if I was I mean... Harry, I would do the same thing he did.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, oh, I mean he didn't uh, have a no choice.
0: But and
2: then Narcissa basically spared spared him. So she doesn't care. She does, she does not care about Voldemort or anything. Well, she no, cares- that's kind of important because if well, yeah, I guess not. I guess you're right. She cares about her son. All she's been thinking about is her son. So has um uh Lucius. Mm. And when and when she finds out that there is a way to get back to her son, the only way is <laughs> Having declaring Harry dead. Mm. So they go back into the castle and, you know. Show Harry. Sh- yeah. Now, like Matt was saying, the Cruciatus
0: Curse uh, does not affect Harry. And the book, it says, yet the pain he expected did not come. What actually goes on here? What? Why did it not hurt Harry? Is there a simple way to explain this or is it not?
1: Well, I think it was essentially, I mean, at least what I get from it, it's that he's the master of the Elder Wand. And the wand's not going why. to act against its master.
2: Mm-hmm. But if oh. if he was the but if he was the master of the Elder Wand, would he have been able to be killed too? Just like when Voldemort... you're saying if Voldemort was the master, or if, or if, no, if Voldemort since Voldemort killed him and he still and he is still is the master of the Elder Wand, how did he die then?
1: Well, he didn't. I mean, die.
2: right? But but now that he's awake and he's still the master of the Elder Wand, he can be killed by Vada Cadabra, but he can't be touched by um a cruciatus curse
1: well i think it has to do with the
2: fact that he he sacrificed himself that's why no one can die after harry sacrificed himself.
1: well i i knew that everyone in the castle was protected by harry's sacrifice but then if um if harry's sacrifice would save himself that wouldn't lily's sacrifice have saved herself i'm kind of confused well no,
2: no, no 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 um she sacrificed herself and she died. He sacrificed himself and was brought back, but the but the charm still works.
1: I see. I'm still confused.
2: It is kind of confusing. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, well. Because the uh. thing
1: is, um, for instance, they're able to... Well, they're not able to perform the Cruciatus Curse on him. They do it and they think it's um, supposed to be causing pain. And it doesn't have any effect on him, yet at the same time, they can lift him and throw him around using their right. wands. So,
0: but so maybe it just doesn't work again using curses.
2: Or anything that, defi- that deflects pain to, to death. Because you, you can die from Cruciatus, can't you?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe because at this point he's become the master of death.
2: Right. It, ma- yeah, then, probably. Yeah. Like like if he wants to withstand death, he can. Or it just doesn't affect him? Maybe like if he wants to, you know, deflect anything.
3: Isn't isn't the whole point that like the Elder Wand is is not going to harm its true master? And yeah, that's ha- what
1: I thought. And
3: Harry is, is its true master, and you know when Voldemort tries to place a curse on him, it's it's not going to have any yeah. effect. Yeah, I agree
2: with you, Mike, on that. Okay,
0: well that yeah, I just thought it was interesting how it works. It really, is interesting. Mm-hmm. So moving along, um Hagrid begins Harry her- ca- begins carrying Harry out of the forest um with the death eater procession all around him and this is really sad because just imagine what Harry's thinking and it just makes me sick to my stomach or sorry what Hagrid's thinking it just makes me sick to my stomach to think the feelings that they're going through mm-hmm. imagining that Harry's dead and like what
2: Voldemort is about to do to the world. Well, I just thought it was so sad when, um, when in the book it says how how soft and you know shaking Hagrid's hands were when he was cradling Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, Hagrid brought. I mean, Hagrid had Harry cradling him as a baby, going to the
1: Dursleys. Exactly. Yeah. Now
2: he's. Oh yeah. Parallel. What's up? Oh,
0: no. oh, that's and so Hagrid true. was
2: crying at both times too. Saying goodbye to Harry in the beginning and oh, yeah. saying goodbye to Harry and this. Oh time. wow, Aww. I never thought of that.
1: <laughs> oh so that is sad.
2: Laura, are you crying now?
1: Shut up,
0: Andrew. You are? <laughs> no, you are? No, <laughs> no I'm not. Laura's not. crying, add the tally Laura, up. Laura
2: Laura, Laura. I have like a wall don't... besides the great wall of China and I still <laughs> can't fit all the tallies. Laura, if it makes you feel better, I cried in this chapter too. Aww. I cried
1: for like the last four chapters of the book, so.
0: Yeah. Dang, we should have done this live at Portis, and then we could see all the crybabies, who the crybabies are on this group. I bet Mike is crying right now. Mike, do you have your mic muted or something? You're not even talking. No, I'm okay.
2: (laughs) No, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm good. No, really, I'm fine. (laughs) Anyway. What what struck me is kind of... um, kind of funny and I don't think it was meant to be was um when Hagrid was carrying Harry and then all of a sudden Hagrid just bellows out to Bane BANE you cowardly nerd so Voldemort magnifies
0: his voice so all of Hogwarts can hear that Harry Potter is dead and uh now this this is another thing that made me sick I just I should have thrown up I was reading this at Panera I probably should have thrown up my delicious smokehouse turkey sandwich you better not I gave you that for free It said he was killed as he ran away, trying to save himself while you down your lives for him. We bring you his body as proof that your hero is gone. It just makes me sick that Voldemort had to say he ran away, trying to
2: save himself. It's almost fruitless, though. Like, they would believe that. Like, anyone would believe that Harry Potter did that. Yeah, do you think they did believe him? No. No. Not Mm. for a second. The crowd, not for a minute, believed anything he said, except for the fact that Harry was dead.
3: Well yeah, I mean if he ran away, chances are uh, you know, he wouldn't have gone through the forest where he knew Voldemort was. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. So um moving along after after Voldemort announces that um we hear um McGonagall giving a deafening shout. No! And this was a side of McGonagall that Harry had never seen or heard before. And then afterwards, it's even a more heartbreaking um, cries of Ron, Hermione, and Ginny just screaming, "Harry, no, no!" And this is where I started crying in the chapter, especially when I when I, uh, was reading McGonagall screaming, "No," because I mean, we all know what kind of, I mean how McGonagall feels towards Harry. She, she she has like a certain kind of motherly affection towards Harry. Not as much as Molly Weasley, but you know, in in McGonagall's own certain way. I mean, she 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 had a soft spot for Harry, and when she and when she <laughs> when she saw him, you know, her world just crashed down. I think it was a more deafening blow or a, a bigger blow of Harry dying than it was for even Dumbledore's death.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he is the hope for their entire world. Yeah. But I, don't, I mean, I'm with you. That whole part where it's talking about Ron, Hermione, and Jenny running down and screaming his name. Just utterly heartbreaking. Even though you know Harry's alive, just yeah. putting yourself in that position and imagining yourself running and seeing your best friend and thinking they're dead. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, just
2: think, I mean, think of how how hard this is for Harry to keep his composure, too, yeah. during this entire little, you know, episode.
1: Yeah, because he was saying that he wanted so hard to call back to them, but he knew he couldn't.
0: Yeah. I think it would be so cool if this book suddenly took the perspective of Ron and Hermione, and we as readers don't know yet that Harry actually was alive. It would just be what an experience that would be as a reader to really feel the pain and emotion that his best friends are actually feeling. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I actually think it's possible, too, if, if we go from like, um, is it third person? Hmm? Where, where you see everyone's thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. If we just see... um, If, if we read the entire chapter from a third-person perspective after Harry comes back from, you know, the dead. You know, it's a good transition. Yeah. If or, that were to happen. Or it just leaves off
0: at, at Dumbledore saying, well... It's up to you whether you go or come back. Yeah, and then we don't know oh what really God. happened. Right, exactly. Yeah, and then that we as be- readers experience it. And, like, if we were reading this and, like, we saw Harry coming up in Hegrid's arms, we're
2: like, what the hell? Why isn't he woken up yet? And then we can see that he saves the day by, you know, coming oh to life God. exactly when he needs to. You know, all they have to do in the movie is just cut out that part where Narcissa and Harry talk. They should do that. They and really the, should. Yeah, if they don't, if they cut out that little snippet of Harry saying, Yes, and the audience just know. The audience doesn't know if he's alive or not, right? Because because Dumbledore left him a um ult, pretty much you know an ultimatum: go this way or that way. They'll probably like adjust it in the film though, so you know what which he chooses.
0: It's gonna be like a door A, door B thing. Like, <laughs> oh my be God. signs above him: <laughs>
2: live, die. And you know what? It's not true to the book, so to so to speak, but. I would be actually for it if they actually do that. I yeah. wouldn't care.
0: And imagine just, like, the part when Hagrid goes, where'd Harry go? Harry, where's Harry? You know, where's his dead body? Mm-hmm. That would be so good. Why didn't we get the experience that? I don't know. I, I think if then. the
1: book had been like that, I would have been curled up in the fetal position on the floor. <laughs> Like
0: you were, no,
1: I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You were yes, already you were. In, a, in
0: a bad spot. I'm just kidding.
1: You were so mean. I today. love
0: digging into Laura about that. I love digging into Laura about yeah, that. Sorry, yeah. Laura.
2: All right, well, moving on to <laughs> moving on from this. I, I don't want to talk about this part anymore. Um, so Hagrid lays Harry at Voldemort's feet, and this is an awesome part. Another
0: awesome part. Neville comes face to face with Voldemort and rebels. Um, Voldemort puts him in the body bind curse. And in what is an amazing scene, Neville breaks three, breaks free, pulls the sword out of the sorting hat, which comes down courtesy – does it just come out of nowhere? I forget what happens. Um, it comes Voldemort. out of the hat because yeah. – um, No, but how
2: does the hat get there? Voldemort summons well, Okay, it. we'll see. Yeah, Voldemort – Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because Voldemort was um, g- going to make um, a little uh, example out of him saying, yeah. from now on, everyone's going to be in Slytherin. Right. So Neville pulls the sword out of the hat and cuts off Nagini's head, which is awesome. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Voldemort gave um, Neville a, um, a chance to become a Death Eater right off the bat. I mean, he could have just said, you know what? Just die. Huh. But no, he's, he says, wow, you have really nice blood. We can use a person like you. How would you like to be a Death well, Eater?
0: Well, yeah, because like? Voldemort was like, Here's an, let's show everyone an example of what happens when you rebel. And I was like, oh, okay, death. When you go against Voldemort, you die. But no, he sets him on fire.
2: That's just, yeah, yeah. it's a nice little, you know, s- sub. Yeah.
0: So uh, the chaos begins again. And as I described it in our notes, the Battle of Hargore, it's all over again, begins because it's just chaos everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, the chaos
2: starts because the centaurs come back or come forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Yeah. And then we get to see Buckbeak. Yeah. <laughs> and the Thestral's right behind him. Yeah. That's going to be an awesome scene to see. Yeah. Because I love reading that, cha- that That part in the chapter. is just Buckbeak just coming out of the uh, out of the forest again.
0: Yeah. That'll be so cool. Seeing all the creatures come to life again. Yeah. Well, th-
2: well, this whole chapter is just full of cameos, too.
0: Yeah. So then the classic line that was recited by Mikey B throughout our summer tour. Not my daughter, you bitch! Um, that of course was Molly Weasley, um, saying that to Bellatrix, and Molly kills Bellatrix. Well, you, God,
2: you're, you just skip like go one ahead, of the biggest ahead, set it scenes. All up. Okay, it, the fight ends up in the Great Hall. It ends up going to the Great Hall of Hogwarts, and it ultimately comes down to two big battles, and it's Voldemort against three people, which is uh Kingsley. Oh so, uh, well, no. shoot! Yeah, a... yeah. McGonagall, Kingsley, and Slughorn mm-hmm. against Voldemort, and then it's Bellatrix against Hermione, Ginny, and Luna, and then, uh, and then Bellatrix shoots a, a killing curse at Ginny, and just barely misses her by an inch. Which, which to me, um, means that if Harry didn't sacrifice himself, Ginny would have been dead. The reason that she cause she's protected by that spe- uh, by the protective charm, but um. After after that happens, um, Mrs. Weasley comes in, takes off her cloak, pulls out her wand, and goes, oh no, you didn't. And then they go on the battle. And then it's pretty much just all of a sudden, just like every everyone else it, it, who's fighting just stops and then just moves to the walls and just watches it. It's pretty much like in those movie scenes where the two main couple are slowly dancing in, at prom and just everyone just just stops dancing for some reason and just watches yeah. them. Because they all know what's going well, on.
3: Yeah, and I, I like the part you brought up too about the uh, the protective charms. It wasn't just Ginny. I mean, you go through like a page of this chapter where all these Death Eaters are just getting the crap kicked out of them. Nothing is is having yeah. any effect on uh, on the sort of the the good side, so to speak. And you know, Harry later explains it when he's dueling Voldemort. He's like, "Don't you see that my protective charm is mm-hmm. you know is is doing its job? All your people are are falling." at at the hands of you know the ministry and the order of the phoenix and everybody else that seems to yeah. show up yeah but what about you know you st- we didn't even talk about uh the house elves how they entered the uh the picture and have they entered yet though i thought they did i thought they come in before oh, the oh yeah Mali they did recently. yeah
1: they
2: did
3: um
2: Oh, wow. I talk yeah. about that, Micah? Yeah, that's, that's awesome, too. I just
3: thought it was like, – this is one of my favorite scenes when you just see Creature running in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, talking about fighting in the name of Harry, fighting in the name of Regulus, and, you know, it's mm-hmm. – I think that's going to be an awesome scene, and I really do hope yeah. that they
2: – I actually giggled the first time I read this you, you what? part in the chapter. It was I, – I giggled. I mean, I was like – it was. I was really giddy during, during this part because it's just – you get to see the house elves kick butt. And it's – I've always wanted to see, you know, the the house elves in some action. And this is just ah, – just giving us what we want. It's the Battle of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And creature just saying, um, fight, fight for my master, defender of house elves. Fight the Dark Lord in the name of the brave Regulus. Fight! <laughs> Yeah, but he also says it in that little low bubble voice. <laughs> um, I
1: kind of see them as making this somewhat cheesy in the movie. Yeah, but I, even if it's
2: in the movie, though, I mean, because we we know that the households are really expensive. To yeah, that's to true. That
1: CG. we won't have any households in the movie.
3: Yeah, well, not just them. <laughs> I mean, this whole scene, though, it should be one of just you know that the uh, Voldemort's reign of terrors coming to an end i mean matt you yeah. talked before like the centaurs and then you have Grop and buckbeak making their appearances the house elves and yeah. they even mentioned the shopkeepers and homeowners of hogsmeade yeah you know join the well fight. see
2: if they were to cut anything from this this big scene in the chapter it would have to be the house elves because they we really in the movies they never really talked about it they never talked anything about the house elves at hogwarts so it would just probably be like Buckbeak and the Thestrals. And just pretty much anything that we've already seen is making a cameo. I mean, I'm sure we'll see like Creature just coming out, you know, just start fighting with with <laughs> a big, you know, butcher knife, which I, 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 I personally don't or mind seeing that. But,
3: but yeah, th- this should be a really cool scene. And I hope that they just do it justice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think they will. And now I feel like they know there's a much bigger expectation to do it right
2: with the split. Well, now that they said they're going to try to make it as right as possible. We want to do it and we want to give it justice.
0: Yeah, well, prove it to us. Yeah. Give us two trailers, two premieres, two everything. How long do you think this scene is
1: going to be? Hmm? How long, like, how long screen-wise do you think it's going to be? Well,
2: since they're going to be splitting it, I'm pretty sure they're saving a lot of time for this big scene because this is ultimately the climactic scene in the entire series this is this is i mean the death of voldemort yeah uh, well what are you talking about this specific part or I mean,
0: just, just the, the whole, whole, whole this whole chapter the whole climactic this whole chapter
1: area i yeah. think i mean starting essentially with from when they arrive at the hogshead um i yeah. think I, yeah. I just think that that's going to have to take up so much screen time for it to do complete justice to it yeah. you know
2: yeah, honestly, though, I I don't really mind if they shorten any of these scenes as long as they keep this one in nice, fluid length. You know what I mean? Right. Hmm. I mean, I, I can understand if they want to take out some of the information on, like, um, Ariel. Or, wait, what's it? Ariana. Ariana. Ariana's death and everything. I can understand that because it's not really relevant to um, Harry's journey so to speak i mean it kind of is but i mean it's not it doesn't directly affect them so i think they might you know sway away from that but (sighs) i'm just i think every single one of these i'm sure warner brothers knows that every single one of the fans of harry potter are really looking forward to this scene more than anything so they're gonna have to spend a lot of they're gonna be really attentive to every single detail of this even if it's not even last it doesn't even get um on the cutting loses on the cutting room floor they're going to keep a lot of attention to this they better Um, after uh, Mrs. Weasley kills Bellatrix um, Voldemort lets out a huge um, whale and uh, attempts to kill Mrs. Weasley however Harry casts a shield charm on her and that's when um, he reveals himself when Harry reveals himself to everyone that he's not in fact dead but he's
3: alive right and oh, I want right. to ask a question here, but because Voldemort lets out this, this cry, I mean, supposedly Voldemort doesn't feel any sort of compassion for anybody. Or do you think it's just, well, a
2: it's, it's shock. said in the book that he was, uh, it's said in the book that, um, uh, Bellatrix was his, you know, his last, uh, Lieutenant. Right. In, in, in command, like, like w- whether or not he had any feelings for her, she was like second in command. Like he trusted her and he knows that she will follow him to the end and now that she's gone he's pretty much you know alone right which isn't really a problem for him but i mean it, it it is a blow because it's it's almost like his partner in crime
1: yeah well there's really no one left who has that sort of fanatical devotion towards him anyhow so right
2: i mean there's no i mean there's no one who really has his back like like if if everyone's ganged up on him they're narcissa would be there you know covering his back in that situation but that's just not the case anymore
0: so voldemort emphasizes to the crowd that harry has made it this far because it's all been a series of accidents um and you know voldemort is really stunned at this point that harry's even still alive so i think he's just grabbing grasping for straws here um and Harry begins explaining to Voldemort how stupid he was and how he screwed up the flaw in the plan. Do you guys think it was a series of accidents? Or do you think that... Because, I mean, Harry does come back and say, you know, oh, he lists all these things that weren't accidents. Um, do you think they were? Because he does seem to always have something there to help him out, if you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Well, it also seems to... Um throw... I don't know if fate is the right word. Or even faith. But um it, it seems to kind of throw out the suggestion that um, he was supposed to. That there was some kind of other guiding influence whether that be um, a god or any kind of other uh, power that exists in this wizarding world that was guiding him towards winning. At least that's the impression I got. Because... Harry's just saying, you know, you think this is an accident. You think it's an accident that this happened and this happened. So it just seems like there was some other guiding yeah. force. Well, I think
2: it was an accident. I think there were. All, I, I think they're. Bo- I think both Voldemort and Harry's right. I think it, it was an accident, and I think Voldemort was stupid because I think all the accidents are Voldemort's fault.
1: That's true. Voldemort's the one that had all the accidents.
2: He's the one who killed him like three or four hundred (laughs) times. No, you're right. And it all backfired.
1: Yeah,
3: I agree with that. And I think, like, from Harry... It's it's a very different perspective than you get from him in Order of the Phoenix, where he's standing in the Hogshead, you know, basically telling these people who want to join the fight that, you know, all this stuff was just basically dumb luck. And now here you are having him talk to Voldemort and saying, you know what, it wasn't an accident that this happened, that my mother protected me or, you know, any other of the events that took place. So, I mean, it's... It,
2: yeah, it it's not really... I mean, if, if Voldemort hadn't gone after Lily he wouldn't have been shot down. So, I mean, every single thing that happens is pretty much Voldemort's fault because Voldemort's always the instigator in these events.
1: He just can't leave it alone, can he?
2: It's all his fault. <laughs> he just can't go home. <laughs> he just can't go home, take, a, take off his robe, and watch Friends.
1: <laughs> well, it's true, okay. though, because the prophecy says so long as one of them tries to instigate it, gonna keep going
0: okay so while reading the dialogue between harry and voldemort oh yeah it was very intriguing and it really makes you sit on the edge of your seat and i think as a tribute to the books this final battle scene where harry keeps addressing uh, voldemort as tom tom riddle riddle warner brothers I think should just use the script verbatim because I think it would work really well in the movie. It moves mm-hmm. back and forth a lot. There's a lot of anger and emotion you can put into the actors. Yeah. What do you that, wouldn't that be cool if it was just word for
2: word? It would that be would cool, be awesome. but wouldn't like every single big speech be cool if it was verbatim, word for word? But, but this it is never the biggest happened. of big speeches. But I, uh, I don't know. W- with speeches involved in the films, I, I don't have any faith in because I just know I'm just going to get let down. So I'm not really going to go with high hopes for that speech being word for word. It would be pretty long and pretty detailed
0: and pretty deep for what they usually do for a movie, these Harry Potter movies, but I just feel like it would be so cool. Yeah, Just finish the mm-hmm. movies for once with Joe's writing instead of making it into your own. I just, yeah. yeah.
1: What I'm really afraid of is that they're going to try and explain everything about the Elder Wand in two minutes, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, then they're going to explain the uh, the Marauders, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, oh, by the way, my dad wrote this yeah. map. Yeah, oh, by the
2: way, my dad's a stag. That's why I thought it was my dad in Prisoner of Az Game Man, if, in case any of you people didn't really know that. <laughs> and make Voldemort throw some more water
0: balls at him. Yeah. yeah. And all those little sound effects.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and make the glass fall. All those cool, like, not... <laughs> Oh, and by the way, Fleur and Bill, they got married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We just cut that scene from the movie. That's why. you don't yeah. know. Oh,
1: and by the way, I'm trying to liberate house elves.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that locket that was supposed to be in uh, Order of the Phoenix? Yeah, we just, uh, we're going to make that appear somehow in the sixth movie. Yeah.
2: Oh, and by the way, um, creature was actually um, cleaning um, the portrait of Sirius's mom, but and she, apparently she screams every time someone comes in through the door. That's too much money. It's not really, yeah, it's just not that important. Oh man, and Dobby was actually in more than the second movie, so yeah, the
1: last five minutes of book seven or of movie seven <laughs> will be recounted. Oh, by the way, Dobby gave me the uh,
2: by the Dobby gave me some gillyweed, but
3: we decided to get Neville. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> But um, okay. <laughs> funny. No, keep it all in. That's what I, I agree. Keep I it agree all in. With what yeah, Matt said. I
2: mean, the more the the more the merrier. But
3: well, no, because I just think it has a cool progression to it. Like you, were, Andrew was saying, he refers to him as Tom a lot, and uh, you know he's like yeah. saying, you know what, your yeah. your plan was completely messed up. Your Horcruxes, they're gone.
2: Right, right, yeah, exactly. I, well, I do agree with you guys, though. This stuff has a lot of potential yeah. because this is really the um, where Harry actually is more, you know, confident talking to Voldemort. We don't really have any Harry Voldemort, you know, dialogue in the films. It's basically in Goblet of Fire when, you know, Voldemort was just talking, and then all Harry just did was say, "It's flinch." It your way.
1: Yeah, that's all he does. Yeah. 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 You're right. That's true. Every bit of dialogue we've ever had between Harry and Voldemort involves Voldemort. <laughs> moving around like a snake, and yeah. Harry flinching every two and seconds. And crying. Yeah. And,
2: and You're possessing yelling.
3: me. Yeah. But it's just, eh, I feel sorry for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's just a complete breakdown. I mean, he's basically just breaking down the, the mindset of Voldemort. He's like, you know what, Snape? He yeah. was on our side. You know, and yeah. the Elder Wand, <laughs> you have no How idea. about that? It really belonged to Draco Malfoy, and so I'm its yeah. true master. You're- yeah,
2: this was really fun to read. He's, like, shouting, uh, shooting down every single thing that Voldemort says. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Oh, but it does. Yeah, he's it like- it kind of does. Like, yeah, you, you know what? You're screwed. Give me your wand. <laughs> So finally Harry says he
0: knows the moment's going to happen at any well moment and Voldemort fires avada kedavra Harry fires the signature expelliarmus and uh Voldemort's spell backfires and he's dead. Yep. That's it. It all comes down to that one spell after all this horcrux hunting mm-hmm. and everything else it comes down to
2: that. And and Voldemort's wand flies out of his hand into Harry's, right? Oh yeah. yeah. So the scene on the cover occurs
0: right oh, here. Oh, yeah. In the book, it says, as Voldemort fell backwards, arms splayed, the slit pupils of the scarlet eyes rolling upward. Why didn't we ever speculate that Voldemort was falling backwards? Because, like, if you look it at the cover really again... It doesn't
1: look like it, though. Not... But it can...
0: It, but yeah, it look looks at it like- again right now. It looks like he is, because his sort of... It's hard to tell, because is wearing that big-ass big, big yeah, ass cloak. Yeah, he
1: also looks like the Grinch, but... i mean
0: (laughs) yeah i mean no i mean okay and i
1: hate to rant here and we've talked about this on the show before but i really feel that the american cover was extremely misleading i really do in terms of location it does not look like the great hall (laughs) that does not but no it
2: It, it actually does it looks exactly like it was supposed to because the sky was supposed to be golden from the sun coming up okay that's it but how about the arches all around like (laughs) It looks
0: like a coliseum. We talked about that. They're in a coliseum. I'm so well, it's, it's not real, the ceiling.
2: It's bewitched. It <laughs> looks like the night sky.
1: No, but the thing is, isn't uh, the Great Hall supposed to be rectangular? It was always described as... Yes. And then here you've got these circular walls. It makes a no bowl. sense. Yeah.
2: yeah, but they're walking in a circle. Maybe that's trying to sign- um, signify that they've been going in a circle. Uh, and then the Great Hall has been, just been changing because it's getting kind of dizzy from okay, walking around in circles. I don't know. But then you look at this rubble... And like, where the rocks
0: come from? Yeah, I mean, okay, the gr- the, the, the ground is stone, but
1: and the wood isn't It doesn't
0: even look like Voldemort's flying back. It looks like he's reaching. Yeah. But look at the angle at the front of his cloak. See how? Just look at the angle. At how the front of his cloak is slanted backwards. Well, it doesn't even have the wand in his hand. I
1: guess. But the other anyone. thing is that
0: he's reaching out to like grab it. We'll
1: see what we. But the reason
0: he's reaching out is because he's flying backwards. I mean, yeah. you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah,
2: well, I mean, Harry doesn't even have his wand in his hand. He has no wands, period. He's reaching up. Yeah, no, but look at his right hand. Yeah, it's on a rock. Where's Draco's wand? Oh.
1: Yeah. And see, this was what threw us off, because initially we were speculating that this had something to do with wandless magic.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And seeing that Harry's not even holding a wand here, I think that fuels the fire.
0: Yeah you have some
1: explaining to do mary grand prix that's what i have to say
0: yeah really what book did you read <laughs> no wonder she's not doing any interviews she doesn't <laughs> want to she's going back i don't want. what i can't i know no
2: mm-hmm. thanks
1: you know i wonder if they give any kind of instruction to the artists in order not to give too much away
2: they obviously give her enough information
1: well she gets to read and- the book I mean,
2: well, not only does she get to read the book, but doesn't, she, doesn't doesn't the picture have to be approved too?
1: I would assume so.
2: Yeah, but I don't think they would ever tell Mary Grand
0: Prix to start from scratch
2: again. Well, no, they just say, oh, can can you just add a wand to Harry's right hand, please, while he's reaching up? I mean, because, you know, this is the final that, battle actually, scene, and generally
1: you kind need kind a wand. Important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, we are such dissenters tonight. Mm. We have trashed I the know. movies, hey. and now we're trashing the book cover. I know. What's wrong with what's us? What's
2: next? We just have high expectations. Yeah. All right. Well, we
0: apologize for being so negative on the cover, but I think we do bring up valid points. I mean, and I'm sure everyone agrees. I mean, it's not the, right. it's not the most accurate cover. It did throw us off. And but some
2: of our negative points, we're, we're just trying to be funny, mm-hmm. too.
0: No, but I'm sure people are mad. No. Oh. Um, so then what I think is, and, and we'll jump back to the movies now, Um. the uh, awesome movie scene that I may be crying at if they do it. In the book, it was described as all around the walls. The headmasters and headmistresses of Hogwarts were giving him a standing ovation. I cried here too. <laughs> this is talking about Harry. He's walking into Dumbledore's office. i didn't if Matt's crying right now, I don't think no, he is I, right now. I didn't cry. I did cry out of both eyes. Whoa, and that's both a lot eyes. for a guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how you can just cry out of one eye, but okay. <laughs> um, so <laughs> no. he's walking. He's walking in there, and the portraits are giving him a standing ovation. Um. And then Harry talks to Dumbledore's portrait. And we had discussions on how much help Dumbledore's portrait could be, because that could play a factor. Um, and we see here what a couple of us did speculate wh- back last year, way back when, that this is Dumbledore's personality coming through. He doesn't provide Harry with any new information. He They're just simple responses to what Harry was saying.
2: Yeah, And they're kind of clever they're kind of funny not really but well it was pretty obvious too because Harry had had to think about how to how to say the words correctly you know he was thinking about what to say and how to say it so Mm -hmm. it it would get the right response Mm -hmm. and well also he was trying to be secretive too to to the others but
1: right because he didn't want anyone to go find the resurrection stone
3: exactly right so well, I, thought, I, um, I don't know. I mean, I thought the interaction between the two of them suggested that maybe there was a little bit more reality to their meeting at King's Cross than we initially thought.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's the same thing that, you know, um, it's it's Dumbledore's reflection of Harry. That maybe, you know, the, the portrait changes manner depending on who the
3: person the portrait is talking to. Could be. Yeah,
1: very well could be.
3: The only other thing I wanted to bring up in this chapter was that, you know, we we talked about this, I don't know how many times on different episodes, but, you know, when McGonagall goes to set all the house tables, but everybody sort of ends up sitting together, no matter the house.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool, too. Mm-hmm.
1: That is cool. This
0: shows the unity that was created mm-hmm. after all that, so... Um, And that was it for the chapter, unless anyone else wants to bring something else up. Well, um, well we got to talk... We oh, have to talk got, about
1: the last sentence of book seven, I mean.
2: Yeah. Well, also, I mean, we we get to see a little bit... Luna actually is in the very end of the book, almost, which I thought was kind of cute. We get to see a little bit of Luna, and we get to see some of Neville, and we get to see some closure uh, on a lot of the characters, like Jenny's holding her head onto Mrs. Weasley because her mother just... Saved her life.
1: Well, and her mother also just lost a son, too.
2: Well, that too, of course.
0: But So, Laura, what what is the last line of the book?
1: Well, it's um, after Harry decides that he doesn't want to possess the Elder Wand. And Ron's actually kind of uh, surprised by this. Because, of course, Ron wants it. And uh, he says... The Wands More Trouble Than It's Worth. And then he talks about wanting to go lay down in bed. And then the very last sentence is, I've had enough trouble for a lifetime. <laughs> and that's just it's so mm. bittersweet when you read it. It's yeah. like, oh no, this yeah. is the Oh, end. it's over. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's it's really telling too, because he really has.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's a really good ending though, I think.
1: Yeah. I think I probably cried when I read that too. <laughs>
2: Oh, well, I didn't cry when I read that because you know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man, <laughs> right? Yeah. Were you guys disappointed that the last word wasn't scar?
1: No, no, I didn't even remember that. I didn't even. But think I was that.
0: looking forward to that so much. I wanted to be able, like, I would have felt complete closure then if I read the word scar because for the longest time,
2: J.K. Rowling was like, "Yeah, it's going to end with scar. Final word's going to be scar." Uh, but I mean, if if she found out that it didn't flow as well and she had to change it. I'd rather it end on a nice, you know, note than having her to rewrite, you know, to to have it just say
3: "scar" at the end. Well, doesn't it? I mean, "scar" is in the last sentence of the epilogue. Not yeah, it to is. jump ahead, but possibly, maybe that's where she used it initially.
0: Yeah, yeah. But then there was an interview with her about it, and I'm pretty sure she said, um, you know, she decided to just forget about it. So I don't know.
2: I was a tad disappointed. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah, some fans are disappointed and some weren't. I Mm -hmm. mean, you can't please them all.
1: That kind of reminds me, I don't know, Andrew, if you saw it, but when we were walking back from Waterstones when the book was released these three yeah. women stopped me on the side of the street and they go can you please open your book and you know we had people jumping at us as we were leaving right. the bookstore and I'm like oh god what do they yeah. want and they're like yeah. we just want to know what the first word of book seven is so I open it and Aww. the first word is the <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> these
1: poor women were Ta-da. so disappointed they were like oh and they swore a lot I
0: don't but know.
1: yeah <laughs> I just
0: thought well, it was cute. I don't know if I ever said this the story on the show, but we were leaving the bookstore and somebody tried to swipe the book yeah. right out of Jamie's hands when he wasn't looking.
1: I had That's some guy cool. jump out of the line at me.
0: Oh my God. I was
1: like, oh my God, don't kill me, please. Yeah,
0: that is scary. And then we please.
1: had that, what was that, German um, TV station? Were you there with us? Yeah. Oh, that was crazy.
0: So that does wrap up chapter by chapter. Um. Wow. I can't believe. Um. I, we're not even finished. Really. We still have the epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Huh.
1: It's bittersweet, wow. though.
0: Yeah. I don't know what to say right I now. I know. It's a bittersweet.
1: Oh, wait. We didn't play a song symphony. for Voldemort. Oh, it's oh,
0: right. Oh yeah. What song we should play? Should
2: we play for Voldemort?
1: Yeah. Or uh, Bellatrix ding, dong, Should we just do a two,
2: two for one deal? No, 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 no. Voldemort gets his own Alright, so we got um, a little tribute to the death of Bellatrix And here we go I'm a bitch.
1: Have to be a stronger man Rest assured that when I start to make you nervous And I'm going to extremes Tomorrow I will change And today won't mean a thing I'm a
2: was that song by all right it's um it's it's entitled I'm a bitch by (laughs) Meredith (laughs) Uh,
0: now do we have one for Voldemort that's like I'm a jackass so this was Laura's idea um Laura let's see what you came up with here That wasn't very nice. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy's well dead.
1: Well, I'm okay. Let me clarify. I, I could just th- imagine it's, Laura it's coming up to Voldemort's
0: song. body and saying that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <And saying> that. <laughs> "Ha, you're dead."
0: Just I just. I would never do that. He deserves that song.
1: We're gonna so get, get so many by... angry <laughs> emails.
0: Oh, I hope not. If they do, I
2: funny. I don't see why. If you
0: have anything a problem with that, if you think Voldemort deserves a nice song. Email us with a good song to use for a nice song to recognize him. Who would want to recognize him? Ha ha. <laughs> You're dead. All right. Well, um, in celebration of wrapping up uh, all the chapters of this final book, um, we're going to do favorites this week. We're going to do favorite chapter in book seven. Hmm. Now that we're finished with it, mm-hmm. and since that blog doesn't really count... Um, we'll just go around the table and everyone can say what their favorite chapter was in this book. Um, I'll go first. Seven Potters was my favorite chapter. Um, and I said during our chapter by chapter on that chapter, um, that just by reading the title, I knew it was going to be really cool. And especially seeing the, uh, Actually, I, I didn't see the the chapter art for that because I was reading the UK edition. But just reading that title, you know something cool is going to be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so clever having seven Harry Potters to um, to screw up Voldemort and the Death Eaters in in figuring out which Harry is actually the real one. I just loved the just, just I just loved how clever that was. Who wants to go next?
1: Um, I'll go. I think my favorite chapter, and this is. Really, a toss-up because there are a couple that I love, but uh, it would have to be Chapter 16, Godric's Hollow. Um, I just loved mm. actually getting to see Godric's Hollow through Harry's eyes, and the whole scene where he and Hermione were at the cemetery was just—it really tugged at your heartstrings. And um, it was—I really enjoyed discussing the different biblical quotes that were present on, I believe, Kendra Dumbledore's grave, and then Lily and James their tombstones so i just i found it um a very bittersweet chapter just because that's been a place we've been waiting to see for so long and then we ended up Mm -hmm. seeing it under those circumstances so
3: i actually really liked um chapter 33 the princess tale um everything finally coming together we finally get to see that snape wasn't the bastard that everybody made him out to be throughout the first 6 <laughs> books yeah yeah and uh, it was definitely a redemptive chapter for him and it it wasn't just him i mean you got to see the entire plot unfold that you were kind of blind to for the past you know 7 and change you know or or 6 and change books and it's just you know yeah. it was i thought it was a really great chapter i thought you know and you didn't know really what was going to happen next you thought that really harry had to go and and die for the greater good and i don't know i just i just like that chapter a lot
2: the chapter that i probably would say is my favorite is chapter 31 the battle of hogwarts only because every time i've read this book that chapter has always gotten me the most excited to read I have never been able to, you know, um, to even take a break from reading that chapter. The the, the adrenaline—it's really when the adrenaline finally kicks in. It's what every every, well I I have been hoping for for the entire series is the ultimate battle at Hogwarts, and it's the just the preparation, especially um, when Flitwick was getting prepared for the battle, and you know, just uh, the interaction between Harry and McGonagall and everything it's 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 just awesome.
0: Okay, well that does it for chapters and our or, <laughs> chapters favorites and uh chapter by chapter. We're going to do one more segment here today and then begin to wrap things up. Chicken soup. Not exactly chicken soup edition. Sorry, I don't have any sound effects today. My computer's in the shop.
2: Chicken soup for your soul.
0: <laughs> Not exactly chicken soup edition.
2: <sighs> Who wants to read it? How about Laura? Because she's got the the
0: female voice.
2: Yeah.
1: So our chicken soup comes from Victoria, age 15, of Toronto, Canada. She writes, I think I submitted this to the wrong place. My apologies. My school had a talent show, and I signed up to sing a song from, drumroll, the Remus Lupins. I learned the song, and on the day of the show, I brought my laptop into school so I could sing along to the music. But the person controlling the music accidentally clicked the song before it, which consequently was MuggleCast58. And it It skipped to a part where Andrew is repeatedly saying, pickles. Oh, man. (laughs) Everyone laughed. Oh, I
0: think it was the one where I went, pickles, 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 pickles. God, sorry.
1: everyone left including some of the teachers and it was definitely better than anything i could have sang wow well oh, it's good you that go. you weren't embarrassed because i think if that had happened to me i probably would have killed andrew
0: oh i get embarrassed i can't listen to the show around anyone no
1: else. oh me neither i hate it oh yeah. god
0: yeah
2: yeah
0: uh scary <laughs> well thank you for that victoria some, uh, blah, blah. It's time to remind everyone about
2: our contact information one last time before our live show in us. Laura, if anyone wanted to send anything to us, where would they send it? It's
1: P.O. Box 3151, Coming Georgia, 30028. Don't worry, I am getting your stuff, and I'm going to give it to everyone next week at Portis. So they've all got a lot of mail.
0: Word has it that um, there are a lot of... Uh, well, there's a couple umbrellas for Mikey. Yeah,
1: one of them came the other day. Other... I did get an umbrella one from him One came Mikey. the
0: other day. Yes. Okay, make sure you bring that. I will bring it to Mikey, and we will... Um... Shoot! All right, uh, we skipped voicemail this, this week, but we will try to get back to them uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, by the way, at the MuggleCast meetup, one of the ideas is to um, record some voicemails, quote unquote. Uh, you know that we can play during the show. So, uh, if you're in the United States, you can dial 20 magic. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial zero two zero eight one double four zero six double seven. And if you're in Australia, you can dial zero two eight double three five double. It six eight. to Skype the username MuggleCast. Just remember, no matter how you call us, leave your message under 60 seconds and eliminate as much background noise as possible, please. Uh, also, on MuggleCast.com, we have a handy feedback form to contact any one of us or just use our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. Don't forget at mugglecast.com, we have a variety of community outlets, including the MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Frapper, LastFM, and the fan listing and the forums over at mugglecastfan.net. You can follow us on Twitter, com, and vote for us once a month at Podcast Alley.
1: You can also find us at twilightsource.com. Oh, <laughs> oh Laura, no. I not Laura, <laughs> I'm
0: going to cut that out now. I'm going to cut it out.
1: <laughs> no, you're not. I won't really cut it
0: out. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, well, Micah, Laura, I'll see you both at uh, yeah. Portis next yeah. Yeah. We'll so see excited. everybody else at Portis
2: too. We will see we'll
0: you. We'll see there. Jim Dale there
3: we'll too. I heard there. he's coming. Yeah, I oh, heard yeah, he's coming.
1: That's
0: right. I hear there's never been a bigger celebrity coming to uh, Portis or uh, to Harry, Harry Potter Symposium. Yeah. Besides us, I mean, yeah, I was no, waiting just for you to say something. I'm some. just kidding. No. It's going to be very exciting to have such an influential person in the Potter fandom
2: there. Ah, so. oh, God, I'm so excited to go. Me too. I can't wait to see fun. you guys. I can't wait to see everybody. Yeah. I mean, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't
0: wait to play pranks on you guys in the hotel rooms. Like, you wake up and you'll have weird shapes on your forehead in permanent marker.
3: Mm-hmm
0: remember i can yeah. throw you yeah. across the room andrew probably with one hand what okay what are you talking about you want to fight I'll fight you there we'll record it
1: oh that'll be put priceless it on the site. we'll put that on pickle pack the first piece of uh a footage there in like <laughs> 10 years Yeah,
0: maybe we should record something new for them yeah though. we should the possibilities are endless um so yeah next week next week's episode will be a live recording from our podcast at portis And uh, we don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but I promise you it'll be fun. (laughs) It'll be a little bit about the epilogue, and um, I really, we're going to do something with the audience. Yeah, we'll do something. We'll probably
1: decide about five minutes before we go on.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're not kidding. You know what, how about this? How about we don't even really discuss the epilogue? We just have um, the audience come up and um, just bring stuff up about the epilogue. Matt, you bring up a good point.
0: If you're going to Portis and you're listening to this now, come there with good questions to ask about the epilogue or just Harry Potter in general. And uh, we'll call people up to ask questions and such. Yeah. Good idea. All right. So with that, I am Andrew Sims. I'm Laura Thompson. I'm Mike Atanabo. And I'm Matt Britton. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week, live from Portis, for episode 153. Bye-bye. See you guys next week. Yeah. Laura, did you get oh, your internet back? Yeah. You good? Yeah, thank you. I mean, further. obviously, you do. You know? you're
1: online. Hopefully, I don't yeah, die well. tonight. Yeah, Apparently. You, did your internet back. Uh, you know, I really think that there's some kind of like, curse out against Elisa and myself because for the past, what, two or three weeks, we've both been yeah. recording in storms. It's like, <laughs> yeah. huh? Give me a break. Why is your inside.
3: Well, I heard there are actually sirens in Dallas that go off. Um, is that true, Laura?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely.
0: Like tornado
3: warning? Oh thing.
1: yeah. We had one right down the street from us when I lived there.
0: <laughs> we should like play a fake oh, one no. and scare
3: that's
1: everyone. Oh cool. no, you have no idea. Everyone will be in their bathtubs in like two seconds flat. You have no idea.
2: Why in the bathtubs? Because
1: they don't move. They don't move. <laughs> They're anchored. You lay in the bathtub well, and silly. you put the you put your mattress or some pillows over you. Well that
3: doesn't do us any good if we're like on the eighteenth floor of the Hilton Anatole, does it?
1: I don't don't know if it's. You know what's great though. Oh oh my
2: gosh, we can see tornadoes in Texas, can't we?
1: You know what's great though. Okay, you know you guys have pretty much lived (laughs) in your respective parts of the countries most of your lives, and you have like various sorts of evacuation signs. Well, in Texas, they have a sign that has a tornado on it and a man running from it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like evacuation route this way <laughs> so <laughs> oh, if
2: you see this thing run away <laughs>
1: <sighs> so hopefully uh. we don't die while we're out there <laughs> anyway um,
3: it's just gonna be
2: hot yeah we got we got Jim Dale. you know we're oh good.
1: it's gonna be hotter than the hinges of hell anyway I just wanted to point out a connection you may
2: have missed from episode 151 in Prisoner of Azkaban on page 427 after Harry thinks he sees his father conjure Patronus I just wanted to point out a connection you may have missed from episode Oh she's- <laughs> <laughs> like, What the hell It's it, it's it's kind of hard reading it from this angle okay